Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 131. Hey, it's Scott Beebe from My Business on Purpose. And if you want to learn how to network on purpose, you got to be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. Love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Scott Beebe. Scott is a strategist, teacher, and business coach for My Business on Purpose. His vocational blueprint began to start being drawn outside the lines, growing up circling the continental U.S., being born in the nation's capital, then living in Charlotte, Houston, Portland, Greenville, and finally graduating from the University of South Carolina in 1997. Diversity in locations and roles has provided him a unique seat from which to view businesses, churches, and cultures literally around the world. Previously, as the International Administrator for Help Incorporated, it was his privilege to work with multicultural teams both in the U.S. and in Nigeria 
to make disciples through sustainable partnerships within six domains of Southwest Nigeria. His background in these roles includes direct and business-to-business sales, designing and implementing organizational strategy, training and development, marketing and fundraising, along with teaching and speaking. Scott, welcome to the show, man. Super stoked to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now? Travis, the thing that drives us out of bed Every Monday morning, in fact, we tell people Monday is my favorite day of the week. I mean, it really is. We do one thing. We liberate small business owners from their chaos. And so we look around and we see that we've got small business owners in a variety of different markets. They kind of swim in a pool of chaos. And what we get most excited about literally is to sit down with them one-on-one or in group settings. And we, we work through a very systematic process to liberate them from that chaos. Awesome. Awesome. So how did this all get started, man? Tell us the story of starting from a young age. Is this something that you've always wanted to do? What did you go to school for? What were you envisioning for your life versus what actually happened? I think ambiguity probably ruled my mind up until I was, golly, I don't know, probably 25 or 30 Hmm. to some extent. I had a professor when I was in grad school who walked me through this process of articulating and delineating between vision, story, mission, statement, and unique core values. I'd heard them at that age. I'd heard these terms. I'd heard people talk about them. I knew that they were kind of in corporate life and in university life and in organizational structures, but I really didn't know what the difference between them was. And he literally, over a period of a few weeks, took us through projects to help us understand that these aren't just pithy statements. These aren't just things that we hang on posters on walls and kind of cheer from the rooftops. Or These are actually things that we make really, really expensive decisions from. So much so, fast forward till now, almost into three decades later. And I just got an email yesterday from a client in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who said, we just turned down a $115,000 project based on our core values and misalignment to our core values, dot, dot, dot. Thanks, man. You cost us a lot of money. Smiley face. <laughs> I mean, that was the email. And, and we're dead serious about them. If you sat down with great leaders historically who've gone through really tough situations, they're rarely ever going to sit and talk strategy. Mainly, they're going to talk principle and the principles that they locked onto. Hmm. And in this case, the principle of a vision, story, mission statement, a unique core value set. That was kind of the background. And I've gone through seasons where I've spent with Pfizer, so global multinational, really small nonprofit, non-governmentals, working in Nigeria, small churches, things like that, faith-based primarily. And then about three and a half years ago, we made the transition and launched out to start serving small business owners exclusively uh, to help liberate them from this chaos using these principles that are really age old. We've not birthed them from the ground up. We've simply taken these principles that exist, put them in a framework that makes sense to business owners who are in chaos, and then systematically walk them out of that. So that's kind of how this whole My Business on Purpose brand kind of was born, right? That's exactly right. Okay. So what would you say is like the number one thing that you've been able to help businesses with? I I understand the overall goal, but is there one particular part of what you guys do that most businesses just are completely missing? Yes. And it's hard to drill down. There are two major factors, Travis. If I could just kind of back the camera up just a hint. Mm -hmm. Let me give you two things. Number one, the majority of small business owners that we come in contact with do not know where they're going. Literally, if you ask them, hey, what's the point of all of this? They'll usually sigh. They usually stop, step back and go, man, I don't know. So much so, some of them will even say, I don't even know what you're asking me. And that is a telltale sign that 
they've got no vision for the future of their business, let alone the rest of their life, their family, their kids, whatever it might be. And so restoring what that is and allowing them to articulate that, literally when we walk a client through their vision story, it turns out to be about three to six pages in length. It's not a paragraph or a sentence. The second element of that, and this could be kind of a roll your eye moment to go, yeah, yeah, we've heard that. Team meetings, as crazy as it sounds, we'll usually ask business owners Two quick questions. Hey, do you have an articulated written? By the way, Michael Gerber says, if you don't write it down, you don't own it. And so it could be in your head, but if it's not written down, then it's not real. And so do you have a written articulated vision story of where you're going? Number one. And then number two, do you have a structure of team meetings in place so that you, your team, whoever your stakeholders are, can collaborate on a regular basis. And we get a lot of pushback on that because, yeah, yeah, we tried that. We tried that. Actually, just finishing up a book called American Icon by Bryce Hoffman featuring Alan Mulally, the uh, CEO who turned around the Ford Motor Company from 06 to 14. And he was pressed by a couple of board members for Ford Motor Company as he was being wooed by Bill Ford. And these directors said, hey, Alan, we want you to know that we've talked to Bill and there are no sacred cows at Ford Motor Company. I mean, there were some lifers there and basically said, if you come in and you find that, you know, these certain people need to go, then you've got full autonomy to let them go. And Malali responded. He was, he was number two at Boeing, basically. He responded and he said, listen, there's a good chance I'm not going to have to let any of them go. And they kind of scratched their head curiously and they said, well, how do you come to that conclusion? And his response was so impactful because it was so simple. He basically outlined a system of weekly meetings. And so that was his, you know, this guy's making $20, $30 million a year or would be making it for a motor company. And that was his big, hairy, audacious idea. So I'm going to bring team meetings because what he said is the way I run meetings, there is nowhere to hide. They bring an incredible strength of accountability. And in there, and what his point to the board member was, is if they're not a fit, they will self-elect in or out. And so when we've got a small business owner who can articulate and implement a vision story, so they've got clarity where they're going, because mm-hmm. when they write it down, other people can run. And then they've got a system of team meetings, communication, accountability. My goodness, it sets them up on a platform that as long as they can turn that into habit, really begins to turn the corner and they can start feeling some of that liberation. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. Man, that's such a great taste of just this small portion of what you guys do, I'm sure. You have an entire like course on this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's completely involved. In fact, on a regular basis, Travis, we're kind of we try to talk some people out of it to let them know because it's uphill, man. I mean, it's hard. It's hard work. Now the reward is far more greater. It's not one fold or three fold. It's, you know, kind of go back to the old Jewish teachings of 30 and 60 and a hundred fold. And so if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to put on your seatbelt, walk uphill, thighs will burn, you'll sweat a lot, you'll breathe heavy. But if you're willing to do that for a while, just like working out your physical body, the rewards are going to be really, really transformative. Yeah, yeah, totally. And by the way, everybody listening, you can go get a glimpse of what this course has to offer over at mybusinessonpurpose.com slash vision, mybusinessonpurpose.com slash vision. You can get a module of their course on helping you nail down what your vision is. Although I will second what Scott says and say, if you're not going to do it and you're not going to take it seriously, don't even go over there mm. because it's a hundred percent dependent on the effort that you're willing to put in on what you are going to get out of that. Mm. So if it's something that you're serious about, then definitely highly recommend going and checking that out. If you own a small business, if you are trying to own a small business, if you're in this world at all, highly recommend doing the work to get this kind of stuff done. So Scott, we got introduced to each other through a different network of people that we were kind of connecting a little bit about before we hit that record button. Obviously, this is the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot mm -hmm. about networking and building relationships specifically. And in your business, I can't even imagine how crucial that must be. So mm -hmm. I want to start kind of talking along those lines here. And the way that I get this conversation going every single time is by asking the following question. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Travis, I want to take a little different angle on this. And I realize it's a black or white question. Both are important because if you know somebody and can't pull through the content on the back end, then you've ruined their reputation and their network. Then if you know a lot of content, eventually people who are connected will begin to embrace themselves into your content. And so the different angle I want to take on this is what do you bring to the how and the who? And a lot of times when we're talking about networking, we give strategy responses. I'm going to go back to kind of the principal strategy idea. We give strategic responses of bring your business cards, bring a email sign up link. Bring something strategic so that you can capture the moment. It's almost like bring your Kodak camera, if we could hearken back to the days of the 80s. Bring your Kodak camera so that you can capture the moment. Hmm. And I want to throw a little wrinkle in that. And I want to start challenging people that instead of worrying so much about the little tool that you bring to demonstrate the what you know, or the how you know what to do, or the who you know, name dropping, et cetera, I want to really challenge you to begin to bring the why, Simon Sinek, what drives you out of bed, hmm. 
I want to challenge you to start bringing the where, and that is the where you're going. And so when you get into a networking context, do us all a favor. Give us an opportunity to then ask you the follow-up of how and who. So I want the how and who to become a follow-up rather than the introduction. And so I would prefer, and this is me as the person who's getting introduced to you, the listener. Mm-hmm. Hey, my name is Scott and your name is blank. And you, we begin a conversation. I'm inevitably going to ask you that most powerful of networking questions of what do you do? And once we get into that, that's where we usually begin to tell another person factual information about what we do and even try to name drop a little bit. So I did it just a little bit earlier. I gave you some of my background and I name dropped the name Pfizer. And so when I did that, it gave some chutzpah. Now there's an assumption because I'm a guest on your podcast that I brought some weight to Pfizer, the company. The reality was I was a drop in the pan. I mean, we're talking, you know, 70, 80,000 employees. I was a sales guy and a field-based trainer. There's nobody outside of a two-state arena that even knew who I was within that behemoth of a company. Now, transition that. Had I gone to a Pfizer networking event, which I went to plenty, had I known this, instead of walking in and said, hey, my name's Scott Beebe. I'm a professional healthcare representative from the Savannah, Georgia region. You know, we do X, Y, and Z, information, information, information. To go in and say something like this, hey, my name's Scott. And what I do is I wake up every day trying to figure out how I can eradicate arthritis from the global poor. Hmm. That's a much different response, and it forces you to stall. And you've got to kind of stop and process that response because I've just told you my why. And in processing that response, it now forces you to go, wait a second, Scott, how and who? Like, how do you do that? And who do you go through to get that done? Hmm. And so if we can be thoughtful and articulate in the mission of what drives us out of bed on a Monday or on a Thursday or on a Friday. Now what you're doing is one of the greatest gifts you can give to a networking conversation because you're allowing that person to engage at an emotional and cerebral level that will extend the conversation so you can really dive deep into the depth of who that other person is. And so they can dive deep into the depth of who you are, because there's nothing more stale, Travis, than leaving a network opportunity, whether it's classic kind of BNI networking or networking through loose networks affiliated online, whatever it might be, there's nothing more just empty than leaving a conversation that was merely left with the how and the who. Yeah, yeah, totally. So then with that being said, how would you define networking specifically? You mentioned a couple different routes there at the end. How would you define the term networking? Yeah, networking to me and the way we've looked at it, I would say for the last three to four years is networking, look at it as a stage. It's a performance stage. And so there is a stage out there for you to perform on. And the performance is not for your glory. The performance is for your service to others. And what networking does is it puts you and it puts other people on a stage so they can evaluate if your performance is something that their community or their tribe, you know, kind of classic Seth Godin, if their tribe, if your demonstration or performance is what their tribe needs in order that they might be able to serve them. And how do you think looking at it that way versus like, the way that most people look at it, which would be like an in-person cold call opportunity. How do yeah. you think that particular perspective allows you to really build genuine relationships versus mm. just like getting contacts at an event with 50 business cards that you're going to throw away tomorrow? Omar Reyes is a friend of mine, and we had a conversation about two weeks ago, and he laid out something for me, Travis, that was a, a real pivot in my thinking. And here's what he said. He said, the wealth of the world lies in relationships. 
The wealth of the world lies in relationships. It's very well documented and noted in our own conscience and mind that most networking is really nothing more than self-propagation to a short-term response. Right, right, totally. And recently, at the time of this recording, Seth Godin had a podcast on his podcast, Akimbo, and he was talking about the long-term. And so when we can look at it from the angle of I want to connect with you to see if you can help me be a better servant. That's a long-term play. That's not something that's going to bring a result today or next week. Mm -hmm. That's something that's going to be seeded to grow for a long time from now. And quite frankly, Travis, when I've done the networking thing before with business cards and putting a stack on this little table so other people can, you just kind of leave feeling dirty. Yeah. Um, You know, you just leave like, that was a real cheap way out rather than going, you know what, I'm going to spend on Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership was last week. And there are a lot of people that spent three or four grand just to go to make one connection Hmm. versus, and you'll be very disappointed if you do this, versus going to the conference and trying to connect with a thousand people or a hundred people right. and gather a bunch of business card and then begin spamming them when you get back home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you say that you are an introvert or an extrovert, Scott? Without question, I'm an introvert. That's kind of how I was wanting that to phrase that question, because I think that it's equally as important to be super self-aware when you go into some of these networking situations. Because I feel like extroverts, if you're an extrovert out there, like you have a unique ability in the fact that you are okay with going up to multiple people, introducing yourself and creating a, somewhat of a, a decent relationship with them within a certain period of time. As a fellow introvert, I think that uh, Scott and I would say that for us, it's probably more comfortable to go to that one or two or three people over the course of a three or four day event and build a deeper connection with one person because that's probably more around our strengths. Would you agree with that, Scott? Or would you say that everybody should only be focusing on one or two? No, I always want to be careful, obviously, to pigeonhole an every or an always or something like that. And yet at the same time, relationships necessarily require depth. And so there are guys probably like you and me, you host a podcast. My guess is if you got asked to speak, you would get up on stage and give a really great presentation. I fool a lot of people into them thinking that I'm an, I think I told you earlier I was an extrovert. I mean, an introvert, whatever I was, but yes, I'm definitely an introvert Mm -hmm. and I can fool a lot of people into thinking that I'm an extrovert because I can do a podcast interview. I can do a keynote speech in front of 500, or I could do a a facilitated talk in front of 15 Mm -hmm. and I'm animated and all these things. But what people don't understand is when that light is off, I retreat to a box by myself and I sit in the corner (laughs) and I can drill down for hours at a time. And to most extroverts, they can't imagine that. Now, here's the challenge. Relationships require depth. Depth requires time. And time requires sometimes a suspension of what we're comfortable with. And so there, when I, as an introvert, have to build a relationship, I do like the one-on-one, but I also realize that I have to be in the mindset for it because If I get into a phone conversation for an hour, which is very possible for me because I like the depth, I also realize sometimes I won't get on the phone because I know I'll be on for an hour. Hmm. And that's going to take time away from deep work in other areas. And so I think the extrovert introvert discussion, we all have our kind of nuances when it comes to building relationships. The thing I don't think we can get around is the fact that relationships do take time. And so the one-on-one time intensive might be a little easier for an introvert just because we can focus. And yet at the same time, the challenge is we can also look at that time and go, oh, I could be writing or designing or ideating or something like that, where 
the extrovert is going to be thinking the whole time, you know, there's another guy over there I need to talk to or whatever. Right. Right. Definitely. Definitely putting a value on uh, connection with others. If you're an introvert is something that obviously does not come naturally and something that you for sure need to work on. Because I'm the same exact way, man. Like I was at an event uh, probably a couple months ago now at Traffic and Conversion down in San Diego. And I had just come off of another big event, 10X Growth Con out here in Vegas where I live. And then I had another mini event like the week before that. So I was so drained, man. I was sitting at Traffic and Conversion one day and I literally just sat on a couch and put in my headphones and didn't talk to anybody. I wasn't even listening to anything. I wasn't listening to a podcast. I wasn't listening to music. I was just unplugging. I just didn't want anybody to talk to me. And when you have headphones in, people don't come up and talk to you. So I just like sat on a couch in the middle of the conference and just like sat there, didn't get on my phone or anything. I just was like, (sighs) you know what I mean? Just like, I got to recharge for a second because this is like, it's work for an introvert to do that. But the value is just insane when you start experiencing the power of relationships you you can't just go back to trying to do it by yourself anymore that's right it's exactly right i will eyeball every time i go into a conference it's embarrassing but i will eyeball tables that have skirts around them and are in real bizarre places because there will come a time to your point where i will get in my clothes under a table with a skirt around it and i will fall asleep in the middle of the <laughs> hall, just because I, I have to, I yeah. have to, I'm just like you. I, I run out of gas really, really fast with that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So tell us about a time then, Scott, where a connection that you made, a relationship that you cultivated ended up down the road, maybe leading to something that was really big for you, whether it was financially or maybe another relationship or something that was like a big moment of like, wow, what, how did this even happen? And then you trace it back and find out that it was some random connection that you met like a year and a half ago. Can you tell us a story that's kind of like anything based on that? Yeah. I think you'll appreciate this because it actually comes through the world of podcasting. So I probably almost three years ago, I reached out to a guy named Enoch Sears, who runs the Business of Architecture podcast out in, out in California. And we connected and I reached out to him. And I'm like, hey, man, you're connecting with architecture firms and it's called the business of architecture and architecture like doctors or lawyers. Nobody ever taught them how to run a business, just to, you know how to be great at design. And so Enoch had started this platform and really didn't have anything in terms of systems and processes, a lot of focus on marketing for architects, but under the platform of the business of architecture brand. And so we connected and started chatting and learning about each other. And he just had such a neat little network that he had built of architects literally around the world. I'm not an architect. We did have one architect client at the time that we actually still work with, but that was about the extent of my architectural kind of engagement. And as of about an hour and a half ago, actually, this is about two and a half, three years later, I just got off of our architects group coaching call that we've been running together for two years. And we have had the opportunity to invest in and influence and help transform somewhere in the neighborhood of about 100 architecture firms over the last two years together, all because of a simple reach out, a Skype call, and we sat down and we started dreaming. Enoch and I have literally met one time in person in almost three years. That's crazy. That's crazy. Those are the kind of stories, man, where I'm just like, yeah, that's why networking is where it's at. (laughs) Yeah. And Travis, the important part of that story, well, one is that we just kept meeting. That was very, very important is we just kept the habit of meeting, even though we didn't know where it was going. Yeah. The other part is 
I was very comfortable with my, what I call narrow brilliance and Enoch's very comfortable with his narrow brilliance. I'm a coach, man. When I get on a group coaching call, you can't stop me. <laughs> I'm charged. I'm amped. It's like I am on a euphoric high. Yeah. Enoch is a brilliant crowd gatherer and marketer. He's brilliant at it. And so we created this program, this joint venture program, and Enoch is a hundred percent in charge of that side of it. I'm a hundred percent in charge of the coaching side of it. And it works great because we each know our place and we know our narrow brilliance enough to go, man, I'm not very good at that. So you do that. And I look back and I'm like, I hate that. Not only am I not good at it, I hate it. Yeah. It sucks the life out of me. Yeah. You do that. And so that's really, I think, the reason along with just the emphatic, let's keep meeting, keep meeting, keep meeting, and eventually building something. If you had to boil it down to one thing, Scott, like if somebody's just tuning into this episode and they want to hear a really big piece of advice, then they're going to take off. What would be your one tip around this topic of networking? Travis, I hate to do this, but like, I wish I could set off firework soundtracks or something just to make it more interesting. It really is start with your vision, because if you don't know where you're going and you show up to a conference, you show up to a networking event, you show up to an interview, whatever. If you don't know where you're going, you are going to confuse people. Hmm. And so please, for the sake of everybody you come in contact with to maximize their time, to maximize your time, start with the vision. Because once you've got that vision articulated, that then gives you the mash pot. I live in the Southeast, man. We got to make moonshine metaphors. So that <laughs> gives you the mash bucket, this 55-gallon drum, that when you begin to heat and cool it under the pressure of networking events and conversation, all that stuff, what comes out the other side is this purified you know, 150 proof drop that they call moonshine. It's power. I've never had it, but they, they tell me it'll mess you up and it's potent and it's powerful. That's your mission statement, but you can never get there. You can never get to your why. You can never get to your values. You can never, frankly, get to your core products or who you even want to serve as a clientele without fully understanding where you're going in the first place. Hmm. Because if you have all that other stuff, all it lends to is scatteredness and chaos from there. Yeah. It's like driving a or captaining a, a ship with no destination. Yeah, <laughs> kinda... it's a Ferrari in the garage. Yeah. All right, turn it on. You know, push the pedal. Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it's so funny because like a lot of this stuff, like once you're saying it, it's just like, man, that's so obvious. But for some reason, it's just something that people don't do. Why do you think that that is? I think it's embarrassing to admit it, honestly, hmm. because we want to do a really good job of making things look complicated. And me coming on here and saying, hey, Travis, listen, you know, I appreciate what you're doing, but bro, you have no idea how complicated what I do is. We tell people up front that what we're about to walk you through in is not complicated and it's not rocket science. It is very common. The reason that you're paying us for us to walk you through it is because you hadn't done it. Hmm. And frankly, to this point, you haven't shown the discipline to do it. And that's okay. In fact, I'm thankful that you, <laughs> I'm thankful right. you have, yeah, I have a business, an yeah. to do it. <laughs> right. but I think people don't do it because a, they're a little embarrassed to admit because it seems so juvenile and so, so kind of elementary, but B, because if you want to write your vision down, it's going to take you two hours or three hours or an hour and a half. And when we get in front of our computer and we've got those wretched notifications, please turn those off. You've got those wretched notifications turned on mm -hmm. and those things keep dinging in front of you. Those went out. Your email wins out every time. Your Snapchat feed wins out every time. Your mm -hmm. text message wins out every time because that's the Jolly Rancher when really what you need to do right now is you kind of need to eat salad. Yeah. And so the salad is writing down your vision story. And we don't want to do it because it's embarrassing to say, hey, we haven't done it. And it's embarrassing to sit down 
and go, yeah, I just spent three hours doing this. Right. And people right. look at that and go, well, but yeah, couldn't you have, you know, made six gazillion dollars selling a widget instead? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, man, there's so much good stuff that we talked about today, Scott. We're running out of time. Let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Let's go, man. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Yeah. I'd love to be a pilot, man. I just love flight. I love being on airplanes. I wouldn't want to be away from home, but I really would love to be a pilot. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present, talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Oh, it'd have to be, yeah, it'd have to be Jesus. I mean, I got so many questions for him. How do you like to consume content, books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Books all day. What is a book you've read recently that you would recommend? American Icon by Bryce Hoffman, referencing Alan Mulally. It's a must read for small business owners now. And when you read it, look at the small stuff, team meetings, repetition, pocket cards, four objectives, et cetera. So make sure you're picking out the small nuances within there. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Wake up 4.45, put the headphones and the headlamp on, go out for a jog about three to four miles, three to four days a week. And I'm listening to my one-year Bible app while I'm running. And then when I'm done with that, I take a couple laps around our street and I just spend some time processing and praying. And then usually I come back in and by that time, it's about 5.45 or 6. I get ready and uh, take my little guy to school. It's about a 30-minute drive and we listen to an audiobook on the way in. And so right now we're listening to The Hiding Place because my daughter and I are going to go to Amsterdam this summer for a couple of days. And we're going to go to Corey Timboom's house and, and Frank's house. So we're mm. learning a little bit about that. What is your go-to pump-up song? Ah, right now it's Imagine Dragons Thunder. I actually had that as my walk-up song to a recent speech that I did. That's a great one. That's a great one. What is something that you were just not very good at, Scott? <laughs> I hate bookkeeping. Oh, I suck at it. I'm so bad <laughs> at bookkeeping. As we get everything wrapped up here, what is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Honestly, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision is where we point everybody because it's an actionable place that you can go Perfect. and you can connect through your actions. So, and Travis, with that being said, you're kind enough to ask me those questions. I know how much work it is to build a podcast and to share your stage. I just want to, before you finish, I just want to tell you, thank you publicly. It's, it's, I'm humbled that you allowed me to join you on this. Hey, really appreciate it, Scott. Thanks so much for coming on. I offered a lot of great value. If you want to hear more from Scott, feel free to reach out to him, tell him that you heard about him here on the show, and then uh, go over to mybusinessonpurpose.com slash vision. If it's something that you are serious about, take that course and thank me and Scott later for it. Scott, thanks so much for coming on, man. <laughs> thank you, Travis. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.